listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello! Welcome to the Animal Party. We're back again. That must mean you have a ticket. You've got a pass. You knew about the party. Maybe you've got a code on your computer and you punched it in and bam, you've got your invitation. Welcome to the party. Maybe you've got a greyhound. That might be how you got into this party. Because if you have a rescue greyhound, a greyhound that you adopted in some way or other, maybe from the town, maybe from the shelter, or maybe you adopted it and it used to be a racing dog, then you're definitely invited to this party because today we've got Mark Abrams coming to us. He's going to be talking to us about golf and greyhound adoption in general, what it's like for the greyhounds, what it's like for the families, what's strange about greyhounds. We're going to find out everything gray. And believe it or not, greyhounds make great pets for gray people. So we'll hear all about that. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks, Deborah. It's good to have you. Okay, so how many greyhounds did you bring to the party today? I brought my six. Six. Okay, six. He says that like that's normal. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that my pack is, you know, has over the last couple of years has been up to 12 and 14, but now I'm at uh, six currently. Okay, please tell me you don't live in an apartment. No, I live in a house. Greyhounds okay. actually, and there's a good point for you, Deb. One of the things about greyhounds, they make wonderful apartment dogs. Well, I suppose if you had one or two, I don't think you'd want six. I think your neighbors would complain. But you're on to something there. They make very well-behaved neighbors, don't they? One of the things, you know, over my years, you know, I've, I've, a lot of people will come to my house or have visited my house or have visited the neighbors and would have no knowledge that I even have a dog, let alone a number of greyhounds, because they are that quiet. They're, as you said, they are excellent neighbors. <laughs> okay. Well, you're going to quote me on that. I can tell. It's going to be in your next little brochure to try to get people, the right people, to adopt greyhounds. Who's the right person in your book? when Because I know you rescue them when they've been adopted out and it didn't work out so well and they come back and then you have to get them a second home or just help them as they get older if their if their person died so you want to find a home that really works for them the first time around i'm sure how do you know who's right for a greyhound one of the things i've done over the years i I put in place in my own adoption group since i created it was the fact that i wanted my people to be educated on the breed and understand what they're getting so it's not just I like the look of that dog or I like the color of that dog. I want people to understand the dog. So once the people have gone through and done the research, then I will pose the questions that will tell me whether this would be a good placement. Okay, so it sounds like one of the questions isn't, do you have a yard? Which most big dog breeders would ask the prospective puppy buyers right off. They would say, you need a house with a yard. We prefer that to an apartment. So that's not one of your questions. What are your questions then? What would you be asking these people? Well, Deb, to go back to your point about the yard, here's what I'll say. Okay, it's 2 in the morning. Your dog or your greyhound needs to go pee. What are you going to do? And my people, after they've gone through the process, will say, well, I'll put on my my clothes and I'll take them out and I'll we'll walk and we'll go for a pee. Or 
will let him onto the balcony where we set up something where he can pee. And there you go. I've got the right answer. Typically, my question is, have you researched the breed and understand that greyhounds are different from other dogs? And once they say, yes, they are different, then I know I'm on the right track with the right adopter. Tell us how they're different, Mark. Well, I guess a number of things. They are typically very, very laid back. They're very laid back, very quiet, very docile. They will become your best buddy. And that's why I constantly use the term companion, because these are a true companion animal. My best adopters are typically seniors, because the greyhound loves to spend their time with people. They're not a dog that requires a lot of exercise. They don't require a lot of maintenance. They don't require a lot of running. They don't dig. They're not noisy. They're clean animals. They're very healthy. The only thing is they'll steal your couch. So if you're okay with that, you'll love having a greyhound. They'll steal your couch, they'll get under your covers, they'll try to sleep with you in the bed under the duvet. They're, they're quite cuddly dogs for such a big dog. And that's true. Uh, you know, one of the things I've, I've told people quite openly, if you're ever cold, just cuddle with a greyhound because they're always warm. So have you ever, in all these years, and it's probably hundreds of greyhounds now, maybe more, have you ever met one you didn't like? Actually, no. I, you know, through my years of doing this, you know, I've been contacted by different uh, actual kennel owners in the, in the United States about specific greyhounds that they're having issues with. Would I consider taking? And my answer is always yes. You know, if if there is a greyhound, I've yet to see a greyhound that has an issue that would not deem him or her to be adoptable. What about with kids, though? Because I've, I've had some issues over the years where rescue dogs were just not suited to families with kids who were not well-behaved. I want to hear from you on that, because I think sometimes people expect too much from dogs. They expect their golden retriever to put up with being stepped on and pulled and poked, and even on a hot day, even when she's sleeping, even when she's elderly, even when she has arthritis, they expect too much. And I wonder what you think about greyhounds, because they don't have a great reputation for being a children's dog the way a golden or a lab would. But on the other hand, I've seen some be really wonderful with children. So I think what they, if you've got gentle children, you'll be able to have a, a good connection. But I, I would love to hear what you think about that. Well, and you're right, Deborah. I think over the years, you know, I've, I've worked with enough groups throughout the United States that have very strict rules about adopting greyhounds to families with kids. I don't think really it's a kid issue. It's a really a parent issue. Because I think one of the things I believe is that the parents must teach the children to respect the dog. And I think Mm -hmm. once I encounter a parent who believes that a child should be respective of the animal, then Mm -hmm. I've got a home that a greyhound will work in. You know, if in discussion with the parents, the parents are saying, well, my child might pull the tail of the dog. Well, to me, the red flag's already gone up and that's not going to be an appropriate placement. One of the things is maybe you need to wait until your children are older. You know, some of the best pictures I've ever seen are kids with greyhounds. You know, it's just a match made in heaven. And greyhounds, because of their longevity, they're going to be around 13 to 15 years. 
and I've watched kids grow up with their greyhounds, and it's, it's just wonderful. So when they race at the track, I know that most of them will be done, the maximum they would be would be about six, but I imagine that these dogs coming up for adoption, because you're talking about how long they live and how they'd make a good family pet for all those years, but how old are they when, the, when they're first coming up for adoption most of the time? Well, right now, over the years that the numbers have changed, I would say we're seeing dogs typically, and we don't, we don't generally see dogs beyond, I'm going to say, five years. We will see older dogs, but I'll come back to that. But generally, the dogs are between probably two and four years that are available for adoption. Older dogs that become available for adoption, for example, six-plus generally may have been brood bitches or studs or are dogs, for example, that have been involved in other things until they became available. Okay. Well, we're going to go to our first commercial, everybody, but I want you to stay tuned to the party. So I'm going to tell you sometime in the show, we're going to find out what a squawker is. And no, it is not a chicken being chased by a dog. (laughs) A squawker is not a kid who won't be quiet at the cashier at the grocery store when they see the chocolates. No, that's not a squawker. A squawker is something to do with greyhounds, and we'll come back and find out, and we'll also find out how fast is the fastest greyhound. Second fastest land mammal on earth is the greyhound. So stay tuned. Come back to the party, everybody, at Animal Party with Deb Wolf and my guest, Mark Abrams. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition. I guarantee it. Petco, where the healthy pets go. Enter the code PARTY10, P-A-R-T-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
You're inside the VIP room with the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. We're back to Animal Party, and we've got greyhounds on the sofa, greyhounds on the bed, greyhounds on the couches, greyhounds, 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 as far as the eye can see, and not a sound out of them, unless we find the squawker. Okay, Mark, tell everybody, what is the squawker? The squawker is, in fact, it's a predator call, and greyhounds have been conditioned on the track to react to that call, and what the call is telling them is to come to where the squawk is. They're conditioned to believe that the squawk is an injured rabbit. So immediately when they hear that noise, they're going to come galloping to that location. So a squawker as a greyhound owner and on the track is not a toy. It is a tool. You use it sparingly and you only use it when you require it. And one of the things as an adopter it's something that you keep hidden away just in case your greyhound may get out. Because if your greyhound gets out, and I've actually had this happen personally, I had a greyhound that got probably like four blocks away. I could see him, but gone. As soon as I pulled out the squawker, squawked it, that greyhound turned around and boom, was right back with me. So it's a tool. So, so when they hear this, they think there's a, a dying, wounded animal, and they come rushing over. But when I've seen it used, it was at a big event where there was a gigantic room full of exhibits and breeders and different greyhounds, and every person there or every family had a greyhound or two. So the room was full of greyhounds on leash, and they let this thing go off. And I didn't see a lot of movement because everybody was on leash, but I heard, I heard so much dog song. Can you tell us what's going on there? Well, what happens is, you know, it's just, it's, it's sheer excitement because one of the things with greyhounds, whenever they hear that, typically it means literally they're going for the hunt and they get excited. And that's when the greyhounds will start singing. And one of the things that you probably encountered was what's called a roo where the greyhounds just start their singing. And once one starts, you'll get a chorus of, you know, if you've got 100 dogs, you're going to get a chorus of probably 85 greyhounds that are singing along. It was a really high-pitched, really long group howl that just went on and on and on and on. New dogs joining, other dogs dropping off and rejoining. Just this wall of dog song. All really high-pitched, though. Almost yippy. You know, really, really going for it. Well, they get that, that, that sheer excitement. And, you know, one of the things with it, it's something that you see when greyhounds are together. If you try it with a single greyhound, it may work, but it's more of a group thing for them. If you've been to a kennel with greyhounds, one starts, they'll all chime in. Well, it's a good thing you don't have that with your pack at home, randomly. That wouldn't go over too well with the neighbors. So when a greyhound is raised as a puppy and shows a real aptitude for running, prey drive, is a real chaser, is really into it, then he goes to the track, he races for a while. Okay, so then, then what happens? How does it go for the dogs you, you know? Well... You know, the rarity is a greyhound that will do a lot of races. The majority of greyhounds really don't have a career. The analogy I've always used is how many peewee hockey players make it to the NHL. Well, and that's the number of greyhounds that have the full career in running. 
a full career typically is going to run to about four years. At that point, the owners and the trainers will release the dog to greyhound adoption groups in an attempt to find them an adoptive home. One of the things that people consistently ask me is, why don't these people keep their dogs? Well, unfortunately, they can't keep all the dogs. And with that in mind, what they try to do is find appropriate groups that are known to find good homes for their greyhounds. Okay, so then I think they go someplace first, though, like a collection center where they're taught some things and made ready for families. Isn't that where they would go? Not really. A lot of cases now, because of the nature of the, it's not the industry of the, the adoption groups, most of the adoption groups are known within the greyhound world. And what will happen is the greyhounds will be moved, for example, from the kennel directly to the adoption group. And it's not necessarily that they're going to be collected or anything else. They're moved there so the adoption group can then put them up for adoption to suitable adopters. So don't they work with them first? Don't they teach them things? Generally, no. In fact, one of the things is with the greyhounds, greyhounds are very intelligent dogs. They have a very high aptitude to learning and to please you. So when you get them, generally, this is the first time they've ever been in a house or they've never been by themselves. They've always been with other greyhounds. So these are all new experiences for the greyhound which in some cases there may be, and it's very limited that there may be issues, but generally the greyhounds are very adaptable to the house. What about cats? Let's talk about cats, because when you talk about squawking something that sounds like a wounded animal and then the greyhound goes and runs for it, and I mean the thing on the track, it's sort of cat-sized. A rabbit and cat aren't that different. So is there a big problem with greyhounds wanting to chase cats or people who already have cats can they still look at maybe there's the right greyhound for them and the wrong greyhound for them, perhaps? Well, and that's exactly it. One of the things with placement of greyhounds, there are greyhounds that I will term that are cat tolerant. In other words, they really just don't care. And in most cases, those are typically the dogs that didn't have the aptitude to chase or to run. They're just really indifferent. The greyhounds that generally had the career have that instinct to chase that may chase a cat. So what we're talking about here, and most groups will do, or they'll have someone knowledgeable enough, will be able to tell whether that greyhound is cat tolerant. And the reason I don't use the phrase cat safe, no greyhound is cat safe, no dog is cat safe. There may be something that we don't know that happens that may trigger the dog or the greyhound. So one of the things is I've placed three greyhounds in a house living with six cats, and there's no issues. I'd say probably a third of all the greyhounds I've ever placed have been in homes with cats. And as I've said openly to people, can you think of another breed that could live openly with cats as often as greyhounds do? Well, I'm not sure if that's a a fair question, because I I do find um, like basically all of the retrievers, it's not a hard thing 
it is harder with sighthounds for sure than, and hunting dogs like wolf crosses. And I mean, there's certain breeds that there's something in them that wants to make that kill. But when you deal with retrievers, they're not really into killing things. They're into collecting things. That's their job. And so for them, it's not a big stretch. And the same with most of the herding dogs. They're not supposed to harm anything and they know it. So it, you know, they might make your cat move right, left, right, left, but they won't kill it. <laughs> so, um, but I don't know if, it, if, it's an interesting statistic because I think that maybe it's, it speaks to the fact that greyhounds do so well in families that are maybe less active or maybe have less room because that's, you know, that's where often you'll find cats. And so that might, you know, apartments are more suited to them. Whereas these other dogs I was talking about, the labs and the herding dogs, the exceptional one can live in a tight space, but most of them would prefer home in a yard and cul-de-sac and a bunch of kids to chase around and that kind of thing. So we did touch on it a little bit. We have to go to break again, but before we do, I just want to make sure we cover this so people understand. You don't let your greyhound off the leash, do you? No, you don't unless you're in a completely enclosed area. Okay, can you explain that? Because you, you did talk about one running away and then getting it back and you sort of kind of skirted around it, but they're really not ideal if you want to run with them off leash. If you want to take them to all different places that aren't secured and closed and safe and let them off leash, then adopting a greyhound from the track probably isn't for you. Can you explain what's going on with that and why there's this restriction? Well, greyhounds are sighthounds. One of the things with a greyhound is they can see half a mile. And when a greyhound is off lead or when you consider the operation of a race, what a greyhound is doing is literally running after something. So if a greyhound's off lead, and it doesn't see something, what it's doing is it's going to run until it sees something. And when it does, then it's going to chase it. So when a greyhound runs, and this is one of the problems, a greyhound runs, you may be walking, and a greyhound will hit full speed in three strides. And by that time, the greyhound could be at least half a mile away by the time you realize that the dog is gone. So... All groups have a rule that greyhounds must be kept on lead at all times unless they're in a completely fenced area. Then you can let them go free. But, you know, there's a caveat on that, too. If, you know, the completely fenced area is an acre, if you're willing to go chase him over that acre, feel free. But generally, you know, the greyhounds, what they do is they're going to run for probably 30 seconds at full speed, then they've had enough. And that's probably enough for them for running. Yeah, they're sprinters. They're not endurance dogs like your, your Border Collie, your Pointer, your Weimaraner. They don't really want to go on a 10K run around the seawall with you. People think they do, but they don't. And that's one of the issues. One of the things I explain to people is greyhounds will jog with you. They will, but you've got to train them. They're not used to that. When they move, they're used to running. And by running, if you look at the side of a greyhound bus, and look at the sheer extension of a greyhound, that is a greyhound in full flight. Well, for people listening, it it means that when the greyhound's running, its back legs actually come ahead all the way forward, and its front legs go all the way behind. And it's quite an amazing feat that they even stay upright with that kind of an extension. Then when they go around corners, they're almost on air. You can see photographs of them where they're not even touching the ground. This is the second fastest land animal, and so tell them the speed so they get the idea. Well, they can hit up to 42 miles an hour. That's amazing. It's like a car. 
It, it is. The proper term for the running style is called a double suspension gallop. And it's the only dog that in a full stride, its four paws are off the ground in two phases of the run. It's amazing. And they corner. It is poetry in motion. You know, one of the things I tell everyone, if you ever get a chance to see a greyhound run, it is the most unbelievable thing you'll ever see. So where can people find out more? Well, there's a good website. It's called adoptagreyhound.org. It is sort of the international location on the Internet where you can actually go in and find adoption groups close to you, read more about greyhound adoption, see lots of pictures, learn more about the breed. And that's generally the best resource on the Internet because what it will do is it will send you off to other locations where you can certainly find out more. Okay, so we have one more commercial break. When we come back, we're going to hear a little bit more about greyhounds and talk a little bit about what you should do if you've been around fires this year. Because Mark's calling from Texas, and there's been lots of fires in Texas. Austin Pets Alive on Facebook is a good site to go to to see some of the pet rescues that have gone on throughout Texas this summer, trying to get pets out of the line of fire. But if you're in a place where... Maybe your neighbor just sprayed or the road crews just sprayed or something was done that you think might be toxic to your pet or your pet is just acting really strange and sneezing and itching and, you know, you think maybe something's going on or maybe you really did have fire. Now, people think, okay, they're tall, pets small, so that's probably good for the pet. Smoke rises. Well, that's true in the immediate instance of a fire, but later on, the pet is still running around, low to the ground, naked, barefoot, in all whatever has settled all the ash, all the contaminants on the plant life, on the soil. The pet's really immersed in it. And the pet is the size of a small kid. So tolerances are lower than yours and mine. So if you've got a pet that's been exposed to smoke in any way, stay tuned. There's something in your vegetable drawer that can help. Come back to the party. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash party, P-A-R-T-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed or email us at PetLifeRadio.com. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. The giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio, and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery, or just plain, fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on A Super Smiley Adventure. Good boy. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. We're back at Animal Party. Hello. You're back to the party. If you've got a dog or a cat that's been exposed to smoke, maybe you even say you have someone in your family that's just a chronic chain-smoking person that sits petting their dog and petting their cat constantly and you feel sorry for this pet and you want to give it a little bit of an immune booster against that smoke and nicotine or maybe you live in a fire zone and you realize that it's affecting your health it must be affecting your pets too something simple you can do and the pets love it is especially dogs it's a little harder to get cats to eat this but some cats like it but with dogs yams All you got to do is cook them up any way you'd cook a yam, just like a potato, except they cook faster. So in the oven, in the microwave, boil them. It doesn't really matter. Pressure is, you know, slow cooker. It doesn't matter. Just cook it and then chop it up or not and give it to your dog. If it's a small dog, give them a couple teaspoons. If it's a big dog, give them a quarter of a yam or a half a yam a couple times a day. And you'll see immediate improvement. You'll see improvement to the weepy eyes. You'll see improvement to the skin and coat. So it's a really good thing to try, and they love it. And there's no bad side. Okay, so Mark, we're back. Did you see fires in Texas this year? I personally did not. I'm in Henderson County. We're one of the counties that really were not touched by the fires. Okay, so you were lucky but I bet it was all around you. It was. You know, within probably 25 miles, there there were some heavy-duty fires. There still are fires. A lot of them are are the grass fires now, but uh, the forest fires and such seem to have ceased. We had a couple of days of really heavy rain that I believe has sort of aided in putting out a lot of the fires. Oh, well, see, normally you keep telling me how sunny it is there, teasing me with your great weather. Rain, was it? There was actually rain in Texas. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I heard it. I got that. Okay. Well, it's not raining here today for a change in the rainforest. I certainly, certainly can't have a weather contest with you. But I want to ask you, some things about owning a greyhound that's been adopted from the track make it easier to own it than any other dog. And when you think about fires, as you were talking about that, I immediately thought, you know, if there were people with rescued greyhounds, adopted greyhounds in those areas, and they were having trouble, and they didn't know where to go, and they didn't know where to put their dogs, you would help them. I know you would. I know your whole network would, because you stay in touch with these people. So in many, many ways, you miss the puppy messes and the, all that that comes early in life. You get this great dog that you know everything about, and you get to mold it because it's never had a family or a home. It wants to bond with you. It's very excited by all this, loves the cuddling, loves being indoors and all that attention. So you get a lot of good things, but you also get ongoing support, don't you? Well, one, and it's interesting you mentioned that, Deb, because one of the things I did do is I did offer within Texas refuge for their greyhounds at my house if anyone was being 
unhomed or losing their home or having to be evacuated with their greyhounds and their greyhounds were welcome to stay here. I have over the years decided, and I think when I founded my own group, that greyhound adopters deserved a resource and I became the resource. So my number is always available to my adopters 24 hours a day to aid in any situation that I can in helping the greyhound. And you're right. I think one of the things about the network of Greyhound adoption groups and their adopters, it it is family, and it has always been family. And I applaud the groups that that operate in that way because one of the things is if you ever have a problem or ever have a concern or an issue, there's someone you can call that's going to help you out. Well, you know, I said how it's a little bit easier because you have the support network. But there are some things that are a little bit harder, in a kind of amusing way, though. When you first get your adopted greyhound, there's no way he's going to know what stairs are or windows or glass doors or mirrors. (laughs) Maybe some other things I'm not thinking of, but those are the things. Oh, getting in and out of vehicles. Those are the things as a trainer where I've been called to help someone who has an adopted Greyhound, and they say, you know what, every time I get a new vehicle, every two years my company gives me a new lease vehicle, and we need to hire you to come back and train the dog to get back in the car because (laughs) he only knows how to get in our old car. And one case, they ordered the same type of car exactly, and the dog still wouldn't get in. Now, some of these things people will have to learn to do, right? When they get their Greyhound home, he's not going to run up the stairs, wait for the door, the glass door to be open, the sliding glass door, and walk into the house and sit by the window, is he? <laughs> a lot of cases, no. This is, this is culture shock for them. They have never been in a house before. So it's all a new experience. One of the things with the greyhounds is because of their aptitude to do things, uh, they will figure out a way to do it. In, in my case, I had a greyhound that was living with me. I had eight steps going up from my the backyard to my landing. So rather than taking one step at a time, the greyhound took eight steps at once. And with greyhounds, you know, generally once they learn things, they'll learn it quickly and it won't become an issue. But you're right. These are all new instances for a dog that's never seen them before. Yeah, and it's fun because, you know, you are getting an older dog, but in a way they're so naive. In a way you're getting a puppy because they've never experienced any of this. I think one of the things that we've looked at over the years is what makes a greyhound of interest to people. And I think a lot of it is the fact that they're helping a dog that will make a lovely companion. And then I think one of the things that people learn over the years is once they've had a greyhound, they will continue through their lives to adopt greyhounds because they make such wonderful companions. The idea of their age being you know, something that's negative you know, you're right. Adopting a dog at four that's going to live 13 to 15 years, you're getting a really long life and a long time of companionship with a big dog. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I wanted to also point out with them is that there's very, very little aggression. Maybe you could share on that a little bit because it's not, it's a gentle kind of dog ownership. You know, in all my years, one of the things that really amazes me is how gentle they are. You know, they've been what they can endure, their their ability to not worry about pain or other, you know, sort of distractions that don't bother them. They're just a very, very gentle animal. And one of the things when you've spent time around one or, you know, you've, you've met someone who has a greyhound, you know, the first thing you'll notice 
is they immediately gravitate to you, want to meet you, and just want to rub up and hang out with you. That's a greyhound. We've been talking to Mark Abrams today, and uh, he joins us from Greyhound Adoption. And he's responsible. He's helped 400 greyhounds at least, probably more like 1,000. And he's put 150 of those greyhounds in homes with cats. And now he's devoted to senior greyhounds, greyhounds who get placed. And then for whatever reason, maybe somebody dies, they end up needing to be placed again. So that's, that's the six he's got right now in his pack at home. But I know he'd be very, very happy if people today were listening and they went to the website and they found out more about greyhounds and they gave a good greyhound a good home. So thank you so much for being with us today, Mark. You're welcome, Deb. I think the other thing, and listeners are welcome to contact me if they'd like, if they have any specific questions or anything I can do to help them in considering adopting a greyhound, to contact me at greyhoundsliveher at hotmail.com, and I will certainly get back to them as soon as I can. Well, thank you, Mark. I guess we have to end this party now. Thanks so much. Everybody, I want to remind you before I go that Halloween is coming, so if you have cats... And I can persuade you at all to keep them inside until a week after Halloween. Please do that. And if you have black cats, all the more urgently, you need to keep them inside, especially at night, even if they're outdoor cats. This is a really dangerous time of year for them. So keep them inside. All right, everybody. Be good to your animals and come back to the party next time. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.